0: To my friend Nate and all the listeners of this podcast, no one circles the wagons than Nate the skate.
1: Circle the wagons, Buffalo. Where else you right here Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's
2: your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to a very, very special episode of Circling the Wagons, where we had the pleasure of interviewing Chris Berman, a.k.a. Boomer, a.k.a. the Swami, On this episode, we talked to him about everything, his career, how he coined the phrase circling the wagons, how he comes up with all the nicknames that he uses week in and week out, where he started that from, his affinity for Buffalo, where that came from, and a ton of different other topics, including his outlook on the Bills-Jets game in the season opener and his outlook on the Bills season in general. This was truly a bucket list item for myself, the ability to interview an icon in the Buffalo Bills sports fandom. I mean, he's basically... Came up with the namesake for the podcast. So that was a ton of fun. Before we get into it, just want to mention that this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves a favor. Head on down the thruway on Route 90. Get off at Exit 41 and check out the DeLago Resort and Casino, where every moment is a winning moment. So without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Chris Berman. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hello?
1: Is
0: this Nate?
2: Yes. Yes. Is this Chris Berman?
0: This is me. How are you?
2: I am doing excellent. How are you doing, sir?
0: Sorry to do a little sorry to be a little late. Um well listen, I you, the whole show is called Circling the Wagons. Say no more. I love it.
2: <laughs> Where are you, Rochester? Yep, I'm in the Rochester area. Yep. I went to school at UB but I live in Rochester now.
0: Right. Well it's it's, it's it's Bill's Country, and and you're, um, you, you have one of those hats and the water buffaloes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're classic, aren't they?
2: Oh, my goodness. They're amazing. Okay, great, great. Um, I'm just going to give you a quick intro, if that's all right.
0: Nate,
2: it's up to you. to yep. <laughs> go for it. You're the best. He is a six-time national sportscaster of the year. He is arguably the face of ESPN as an anchor there for over 40 years. He's the host of the fastest three minutes in sports and of SportsCenter. He's the host of NFL Primetime on ESPN, and he presented Buffalo Bills owner Ralph Wilson Jr. at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2009. I'd like to welcome Chris Berman to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Boomer, it is so good to talk to you. How are you?
0: Hi, Nate. Listen, any podcast that calls itself Circling the Wagons, which I do know where that came from, um, I'm I'm, I'm honored to be a guest, and I guess a football nickname for you, it's tough to say it, but Nate Audible, right? That would be that would be your nickname. I mean that that would be uh, what Josh Allen does at the line. So there you go. You are now. Nicknamed.
2: That's awesome. That's I. I, If I. I I feel like that's a that's a bucket list item. I can cross that off right now. Getting (laughs) well. Getting a getting a nickname from Boomer is pretty is pretty amazing. Um, I actually wanted to ask you about that because, um, as you know, you just mentioned this is the podcast namesake. Um, this was something that just so happened to come about. It it ended up being perfect. It fit our fit our name. Um, fit fit the team perfectly. When you came up with the phrase nobody circles the wagons like the buffalo bills now obviously i know that like the term circle the wagons existed but i don't think it was part of the vernacular like it is now how did you come up with that and uh and can you tell me the story of that
0: well i i wish i had a great story to say it was at such and such a game because i've been asked this before and i'm sure if we went back to the archives i could find the first time that i said it on on um on on primetime would have been early 90s because it was the rise of the Bills. But, of course, they got really good in 88, but I wouldn't have been saying it then and then 89. So it would have been somewhere maybe the 90 or the 91 season, but I wish I had the game. I don't. And why did I say it's because it looked bleak. It wasn't the Frank Wright comeback game. But that, of course, that then cemented, epoxied, Um, you know, so any time after the the playoff comeback against Houston from 35 to three in 92, I didn't That wasn't the first time I used it. I don't think I used it a lot, but I think we hit it. You know, that was like the old, um, we, 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 um, we used a destroyer to, to get rid of a mosquito. You know, like I think I, I however, a heavy hammer, I hammered it deep. And a, no game, of course, made more sense to do it than that. It wasn't the first. I don't know what the first. But again, to repeat, any time they came back and I was doing a highlight and that team of the 90s, they would classic circle the wagons. And then, of course, that just became a rallying cry of, uh, for Bill's fans, and then there were many years when <laughs> the wagons lost a couple of wheels, right? <laughs> but um, but yeah. those teams of the 90s, 88 through 90s, uh, that was certainly it. I wish I could say it was the 35-3 to comeback. It wasn't, but that essentially... Cemented it in history,
2: but that's when it popularized. Right after that game, it became kind of a staple out there. I mean, you you have so many. I mean, you just gave me a nickname off the off the cuff, uh, Chris. And and you've been known for nicknames all throughout your career. Like, I mean, one of my favorites. And of course, this is. I mean, growing up as a kid, I loved you know the fastest three minutes in sports. Is probably one of my favorite segments. I was I was able to convince my parents to let me stay up to watch it because. You know, I, th- I might have been in elementary school or whatever at the time, and you use names like the Terminator, Squirm, and Thurman Thomas. I mean, how did you come up with those? Was it just off the cuff, like you did just now, or, or I picture you maybe in a in a lab at ESPN HQ, just cooking up some some nicknames like that?
0: Well, uh, we at at, uh, at college, um, when you know there wasn't any. I mean, I'm 68 years old, so Nate, you know, in the 70s, whatever you. I can remember us like looking at box scores of baseball from games two days. You know, the West Coast games ended Tuesday night. The Thursday newspaper, we'd find out who did what in the Giants-Dodgers game, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So it really started with baseball. And I remember some of these nicknames we'd be having, uh, maybe a beer or two, and, um, and they would come out. Now, fast forward, my first year at ESPN was I was there uh, well, we began September 7th, 1979, so we're around that time, and I was 24. It wasn't my very first job, but essentially for TV, it just about was. And I did the overnight show in the early days because I was the junior member by far. And 1980 baseball season, a couple of them just came out at 2.30 in the morning. Not a plan. Honest. You plan to be funny. A, you're not funny. B, it's not going to work. a couple of them that go back to my college days were only a few years before, I might add. So it was either, there was a pitcher named Frank Tanana, a really good pitcher, called him Frank Tanana Daiquiri, it was either him or John Mayberry was a slugger for Kansas City and then Toronto, Um, called the Mayberry RFD after Andy Griffith and the TV show and et cetera. And a couple of them came out and it was an accident, honest. And... You two thirty, quarter to three in the morning, you're a little giddy, even if that's your quote work hour. And so, what happened as an accident became uh, almost the second mini career. Like I became a farmer of these things, and I think I've used over a thousand of them. Um, I used to get lists from viewers back then in the '80s, suggesting if I laughed at them, I used them. None of them are derogatory. Um, and so do I sit and sleep with the rosters? No, that's a rumor start, but (laughs) I might look at a name. Like I looked at yours, knowing that I was going to do this today. And Nate, okay. Well, audible, it looks like an audible, let's just go with it. And if it's there in 20 seconds and it's okay, I'll go with it. If it's not, it's not. And I'm not saying I'm smarter than anyone else, but you know, long before I was born, Baseball, Babe Ruth, I need to say no more, right? Willie Mays, say, hey, kid, we can go on. And so it was just kind of a fun way to make a lot of the games weren't on TV then, Nate. It's hard for you to imagine that in the 80s, you might get two Kansas City Royal games a week on TV. And so a lot of times we'd have five to two up there on the screen for 45 seconds. Well, you'd throw out a nickname like john mayberry rfd and it kind of worked and i wasn't upsetting anybody and believe me it was an accident that worked but it was a game that everyone can play you can sit at home and come up with your own so thermal you know i called him thermal thomas had he been playing for miami i never would have used it but in buffalo that would be thermal thomas um Steve Christie, I used to sing, the kicker of the Bills back in the day. Um, There was a singer named Lou Christie, I'm dating myself, who had a big hit called Lightning Striking Again, and I used to use that. Um, Jim was already Jim Kelly. Um, With Don Beebe, I mean, again, this is going way back. I mean, I still do him now, obviously. Don Beebe, he was so fast. We would do it like B, 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 you know, like a, like a, like a <laughs> Batman game, which again, is yeah. long since expired. But remember my heyday of the eighties, nineties and two thousands, that was kind of, you're on every night and you're just doing it. And it's sports. It's fun. It, it, we're not reporting the, we're not reporting a serious news story. And if there is a serious news story, you certainly aren't using a nickname, you know?
2: Yeah. I think it's one of, one of the many things that set you apart, um, as as a sportscaster, um, as an icon, uh, I don't know if I've heard of any of your recent nicknames for Buffalo Bills players. One of the things, I, and, it, and it wasn't on purpose, that we like to do on the podcast is come up with, you know, nicknames for players. Like, uh, I mean, we've come up with so many. Like, I mean, like Matt Milano, right? I mean, the easy one is Matt Milano Cookie, but like, there's Matt- oh, they're good cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. There's uh, like Maddie the Marauder, Matt the Missile. Like there's there. There's a lot of like cool nicknames to be had out there. Do you have any favorite nicknames for this current Bills roster? Well,
0: what I'm doing right now, and I thought I had. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How can I? I will pull out. I have all the rosters here, and I'm trying to. Josh doesn't have one. I mean, he's he's. He's already here. It's Buffalo Bills. Let me just look for a second here. I'm doing this on the fly. Yeah, no worries. Um, well, for Stefan Diggs, I mean, I, I do it on prime time. How you digs me now? You know, <laughs> yeah. um, that's more not a nickname, but it's a, a thing. Yep. Um, uh, Dawson Knox. Do I? He's hard Knox. That's too easy. Um, again, now you got me. I should. I will probably so, call so out this month for Dalton I, Kincaid. I
2: have. I have one for Knox. If you you don't have to use it, but I have one. The, Go ahead. The Juggernaut, like the Juggernaut, like oh, he just, that's he just, very good. Juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might
0: steal it and give you credit, <laughs> you my don't. man Audible, Audible. <laughs> um,
1: James Cook, but any
0: cook which I've used through the years would be short order or yeah. or you know. Um, uh, some, something to that effect I'm just looking at the starters here and yep. Oliver what do I use Milano I mean I got we all ate those cookies at 12 years old <laughs> Oh you know, yeah. they're great right. um, so maybe a, a, you know I don't haven't used that but I mean I could I, I think of it with it um, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Micah Hyde that's kind of a layup it's um, a good one I need to work on it. That Tyler Bass, when he kicks it, if it's into a wind, he's swimming upstream. You know that kind of stuff. Um,
2: kick some one. One thing I use. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber, Chris, uh, but kick some ass. tea bass. I know you can't say ass, probably on. Eh, ESPN. It's a family show.
0: <laughs> you know, <the> cable, <laughs> exactly. You
2: know? Exactly. Um, so there are others.
0: I'm, I'm just looking. Uh, I'm probably going through this roster too fast. Um. It was an old song, but it's Epinesa, not Epinesa. But when it when he makes a play at at, at Christmas time, it's always he played Epinesa Scrooge to <laughs> let's say they're playing the
3: Jets, right? He, yeah. He
0: did, so that that's actually he's he's very good at holiday, like Kyle Rudolph used to be. Very important holiday nickname, you know?
3: Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And uh, always good at the holidays. So I'll I'll work on some more, but I but I I. Uh, I, I like it, uh, Knox. Uh, that's okay. that's uh, that's a good one.
2: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, um, one one thing my co-host came up with was Captain Cook for James Cook, but that's more of a historical reference. And I no, like, that's
0: good. I, I I I should. We'll see.
2: I like the my short order Chef. It's though a game
0: everyone can play, and here's the beauty of it: you don't have to know that James Cook is a running back. No, if Captain Cook. If you heard of him, you know all those specific. Uh, of, you know, Hawaii, all sorts of places. Um, the best one ever, well, my favorite, was probably Bert Blylevin, who's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Bert be home, Blylevin. <laughs> now, the reason that works is you don't have to know that he's a pitcher. You don't have to know who he played for. You don't have to know that he had uh, one of the great curveballs of all time. All you have to know is are you a kid? Did your father or mother ever say, be home, Blylevin? Are you a parent? Did you ever tell your kids, be home by 11? (laughs) That's when they work, when it's a movie or a food or a song or in Thermal's case, you know, running in December or January at at the stadium uh, and, you know, through snow piles, then it works even more. Again, you don't have to really know much about it except it applies where you get it, you know? So... That's kind of, that's my my basis for doing them, Nate.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, one of the one of the many incredible things that you've done over your career and you continue to do. I got to ask you about your relationship with the Buffalo Bills in the city of Buffalo because right now it's it spans decades at this point, um, and it feels like you were one of the first on a national stage that showed affinity towards our team and our town. Like others out there within the national media, like Wolf Blitzer and the late Tim Russert, I mean, they showed their love to the Bills as well, but they're from here and you're not. How did it all come about? Well,
0: I actually, so I started going to football games as a young boy with dad receiving tickets to the Jets at Shea Stadium with Joe Namath, okay? So that's the AFL. So I always had an affinity for. There were only eight teams in the beginning. Miami was the ninth. Um, for those eight teams, I, I, I don't like them. I love, like them, I, you know. I I always pulled for them, and and the ones other than the Jets of those days. And I'm I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm happy when the Jets do well, but it, they they they're not the main anymore. But I'm happy. My dad, who would have been 99, I mean, he's gone. I'm happy knowing that he would have been happy if the Jets win a game, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But but the first champion that I remember in 1964 at nine years old, and 1965 when I was 10 years old were the Buffalo Bills, so as a young kid, ooh, they're like the best of our little league. So there was always something about Buffalo, especially since their fans would come to the games and sit in the upper deck at Shea Stadium. And, and chant, let's go Buffalo with these cowbells. And I said, "My God, they—you know—my father goes. They drove seven hours just to be here. And it was okay. So I had a soft spot in my heart from way back as an elementary schooler to Buffalo. Now, fast forward '88, uh, about the days when I used to go to ten or twelve camps, not all of them. And let me, you know, reiterate that I am no. Bill Polian, Marv Levy, Sean McDonough, Brandon Bean. I, I mean, I, I can't go to a practice in a day and tell you that I see one-twentieth of what they see, right? But the Bills at Fredonia were the 12th of 12 um, that I went to in about a 16-day span. And I sat and watched that practice, and I went, you know, they haven't had a winning season in like 10 years. They look pretty good to me. Yeah, it's Jim Kelly, you know, we knew who he was firing the ball. Bruce Smith was the number one pick, uh, and so on and so forth. I made the big trade a half a year ago, but for Cornelius Bennett, he's a hell of a player. And Fred Smirillis was still playing, a friend of mine, and and um, yeah, they looked pretty good to me. And that year, I didn't really have an AFC team to predict for whatever reason. I, I can't remember the specifics. And I went, I'm going to pick Buffalo for the Super Bowl. And everybody, what are you, out of your mind? I mean, they were almost 500 the year before, which to them was their best year in about eight years. And I'm going with them. Well, they started 4-0. And they made it to the AFC Championship game, as the older you know, listeners know, and, or the Bills fans know, and they lost to the Bengals, but that's not the point. The point was, and I didn't know it, I was just doing a sports thing. I didn't know a, a, a very good friend of mine from Buffalo at Brown, so I had a little affinity in modern times, like getting what the people were like. But I didn't know that, you know, every national sportscaster or anybody, most everyone of that knows there who wants to go there, right? I didn't really think of it as, oh, I'm going to endear myself to the, Bill, the Buffalo or Rochester or Western New York folk. I picked them, and the Bills made me look good. Okay? I could have picked them, and they could have been 3-13. and and But they weren't. They were 12-4. and And I came up to do a piece the week of the first playoff game, I believe. And when we left to go to the plane, there's Bill Pullian and either the mayor or number one alderman. I, I don't remember at the time. Wait a minute. There's some commotion at the airport. My God, I'm going to miss my flight to Hartford at 730. No, they had a ceremony with cameras set up for me. They wanted to give me the key to the city. So what is this for? Well, you've showed love in Buffalo, and we want to show it back. My God. I mean, I, I didn't do it for that reason. And so the team made me look good, and then the city was just so happy that they had a national voice behind their beloved Bills. And I always like the underdog teams anyway. Um and that's really how it happened. It's a longer answer than you wanted, but so to this day, I remain very close with with so many on that team. You know, starting with Jim Kelly, one of my best buddies, and um, um, and I, they've given me the key to the. <laughs> I think I have the front door, the back door, and the garage door open <laughs> by now, and um, I I get it. I get what Buffalo and Western New York is. I totally respect it and the people of it. And I didn't know that I was being loyal to you all, but you guys have been loyal like 20 times over back to me. And it was all because of the Buffalo Bills. And I took a chance, but really take a chance at what? This is a prediction for football. And the city and the team embraced me and In my professional career of 40, or my ESPN career of 44 years now, um, it's been the most organic, I say organic with the nicknames, it's been the most organic. I will take it to my grave how kind and the relationship that I've established or that was established for me by everybody in Western New York. It's just, I never looked to do it. I, I hold it as high as I can anything relationship that I've made professionally. It's it really been it's been an honor to quote represent the Buffalo Bills and and Western New York.
2: That's that's really incredible to hear, Chris. I mean I know that you know, we feel that way, um but it, it's it's great to hear that you feel the same way back and that it's, you know, it's it's everything we kind of, you know, hope to be just like when Josh Allen says, you know, he wants nothing more than win a Super Bowl to hear it. You know, we th- always think that. And then when you hear him say it, it, it means so much more. Um, you know, you mentioned a lot of things in that last response. Um, I, I got to ask you, though, about the Bills season this year, the the Bills versus Jets game that's coming, you know, Monday night football uh, you know, you mentioned your dad being a Jets fan. And he he loved he loved the Jets. Um, this is quite the season opener then for you guys to be hosting. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that game? And do you think that the Bills are going to earn that two and a half point favorite? You know that they are going into New Jersey and Aaron Rodgers' debut as a New York Jet.
0: Well, they've seeded the clouds, haven't they? At nine eleven in New York for the most excitement they've been around the Jets in eons, right, with Aaron Rodgers, and legitimately so, because obviously they have more than him, and they have a really good defense, and, and but again, to have them at a home game on Monday night, in nine eleven, New York, and here comes Buffalo, the team that's in their way, if you will. Um, so it's one game. I, mean, I don't mean to minimize it at all. And the Bills went out to L.A. when we didn't know the Rams weren't going to have a good season. They flattened the defending champs last year, right? And you don't ever go and win that game if you're the other team. I mean, you do one out of five maybe, right? So, But they did it um, in an impressive fashion. So I, I, here's what I would say in the big picture and then go back to the game. And then, by, you know, this will be on pod. We could either be right or wrong. But it, the one game, I mean, it's, it's September 11th. It's, it's still summer. Um I've read a lot in the off season by those who don't are not really close to it is the bills window closing. Well, I didn't know Josh became 42 years old, frankly. So no window closing. I, I, I don't even understand that thought. Oh, because they lost poorly to the Bengals last year. We know that not to take anything away from Cincy, but. You know better than me. You live there. I mean, the, the bills are out of gas with everything from tomorrow to seven feet of snow and playing two games in Detroit to four days when you're leaving your family and your two-year-olds and behind and shooting in the black market, black supermarket, in the black neighborhood in the summer. I mean, we could go on and on and on. They had enough. I wish mean, you could see it against Miami. They had. They're only human. So I don't even count that as well. This proves they're kind of losing their... I don't look at that at all. So um, I think they are still, other than the Chiefs, the best team in the conference and maybe the second-best team in football, and we haven't played a game yet, as we're speaking. Um, And if they, they will win the division, I believe, but the Jets are going to be very, very difficult I mean, Aaron Rodgers is rejuvenated. We know how great he is. So uh, this will be a tough task. But like I said, the Bills went out to L.A. and beat the Super Bowl champs on banner night. So they have a lot of the same players. I don't see that as being overwhelmed by the circumstance. Um, In New York, it's kind of the Jets' Super Bowl already, right? So, but it won't be the Bills' Super Bowl. And, the division's good of New England, Bill Belichick is the fourth place team in the division. The division's got to be pretty good, right, Nate? So yeah. um so if they lose, the sky isn't falling. I expect them to win the division when all is said and done and then we'll see where that puts them.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean it's it's incredible that I mean, they might be in the best division in the best division in the entire league at this point, with the way, like you said, Bill Belichick's fourth best in the AFC, and there's never ever counting out a Bill Belichick led team. Um, yeah, I, I want to touch on a couple of other things before I let you go. Again, appreciate all your time in talking of this. Um, Damar Hamlin was at the e, the ESPYs. Um, this past summer, and uh, it was a very emotional night. Um, His speech, particularly when he did his narration there, and he provided um, the service, the Pat Tillman Service, Service Member of the Year Award to the Bills training staff that saved his life that that night against the Bengals um, in January. Uh, I just wanted, one of the fondest memories I have of, of that night was seeing you stand up and clap. You were there live for that. What was it? like to be there to see that and were you as emotional as a lot of us bills fans were you know just seeing what had happened and and his reaction everything
0: absolutely but whether you're a bills fan or you're a fan of the human race you had to be emotional for that i mean nobody was taking i mean the bills because the daily you know news and then improvement and and I mean, it hit closer to home on a daily basis, but everyone remembers right at that time, right after the holidays, or still during the end of the holidays. And So if you are a human being and you have a pulse, you're emotional for that. The highlight for me, I, I don't know that I ever got to, I don't, because of the way it was, I didn't, I will meet him when I get up there at some point in the fall, but I met the whole staff afterwards cuz they all went up for, they wanted a picture and they invited me in the picture which was really cool and and I mean I had nothing to do with it other than you know I'm a Bills and a Buffalo supporter but again I've said it twice if you're if you're a human being and you didn't feel something there's something wrong with you
2: that was amazing yeah yeah. Well put. Well put. So uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, some predictions for the Buffalo Bills. That's, I have to ask you about the the, the person that introduced it us was is treese um also known as t she's the founding member of the water buffalo club of 716 uh she you're you're now a member um if for anyone that hasn't seen what the water buffalo club 716 is it's those really cool water buffalo hats that you see like from the flintstones um different colors but there's always usually a buffalo a red buffalo on it how did you meet t and and how did that relationship form and how did you become a member
0: well, I've known her as I have so many of that era with the Bills, you know, with with with. Uh, so when I was thirty three, that was nineteen eighty eight, right? And so therefore, as time went on with that team, that team was all maybe a couple were, you know, were in their thirties, but most of those teams' players: Bruce Smith and Andre and Dermel and and Steve Tasker, and we can go on and on and on. And, General Pally and et cetera, Um, not to mention Coach and Bill Polian, who remained great friends. But the players were in their 20s mostly, so therefore I was kind of their age. And so as time went on, I went to a lot of games because Sunday is my job in the studio. Uh, But the Super Bowls, you started to meet folks. And then
1: I don't know that I met
0: Therese until. Well, I met her once or twice before. You know, at Buffalo Function, I would play in Jim's – oh, that's it, the Jim's Golf Tournament, which I did again this year. A lot of us try to go and make sure we do that. Um, she would be one of the organizers of it, or, and, you know, she she can – she and, and others put on this wonderful event for all sorts of folks to have a good time and – food and drink and golf and laugh and 27 holes being played and money going to charity, which is what we're there for. And and so I met her as as, as part of being a a yearly uh, participant in the golf tournament.
3: And then, you know, Jim went
0: into the Hall of Fame just five years after he retired. So um, that was when, okay, now we're all getting together again for another reason. So it was probably... Probably late 90s or early 2000s, around that time. But again, if you go to Jim's golf tournament 25 times or however many times I've gone, you're going to meet everyone who's involved with it in his life and Bill's life, kind of. And and um, and she was one of them, and she's just so positive Buffalo. I mean, it's, it's just she bleeds it, as she tells me. You know, when you ask somebody in Buffalo, you might meet on the street, where are you from? They don't say another town. They say what high school. So, um, you know, what she does and has Buffalo at heart all the time and, and uh, the latest creation of these water buffalo the helmets, the helmets, uh, hats that are hysterical. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the Flintstones and the Honeymooners, I mean, that dates back to my youth, my God. Maybe not in Bill's colors, but those things are actually really cool. I, I got mine here in, in the house. I do.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. T is, is, she's so fun. She's so nice. Everything you mentioned um, through and through. Is, is there anything that you'd like to promote to the thousands of members of Bill's Mafia out there listening? Or anything you'd like to say to them with the season, you know, coming right up at the doorsteps? Well...
0: Obviously, I don't have to tell the the Bills Mafia, which is the second generation, what really the third generation, you know, the fans who were at the rock pile really predate me, uh, fans a little bit of the 80s, which won when Knox was coach. Um, I went to a game then yeah, in the young 20s. I enjoyed it. They beat the Steelers. Um, so the Bills Mafia, which is this generation's Bills hardcore uh, they don't need to be told to keep the faith. I mean, my God, and nobody's telling anybody in Buffalo, keep the faith for your football team, whether they're, the Super Bowl doesn't quite work or whether it's a string of seasons that aren't very good. But next year approaches because Buffalo, other than Green Bay, is the smallest town in the United States that has a football team. And it's kind of cool being the 31st market, if you will but having a fervor that's as good as any other place. So not so much a promotion because every year you think it's going to be the year, especially in this new regime, um, for good reason. And I, you know, the best other than maybe Philly and San Francisco, we may have seven of the best nine teams, maybe in the AFC it's possible. So it's going to be a tough road, no matter what they do. Um, but I expect them to to have another great season, and wouldn't it be pretty cool if Demar Hamlin was part of a Super Bowl championship team a year later? I mean, just to, just to put it in a nutshell, that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, Poomer, That uh, that would be incredible. Well, listen, you know, I I definitely appreciate all the time you've given me. This is this has been one of the highlights of of my podcasting. You're, see, you're, you know, career last seven years, not not nearly as long as you, sports casting for sure. Uh, but this has been incredible. Um, I know you're not from Buffalo, but I mean, I have so many good friends that are from Buffalo, that are in the Buffalo area, that I talk to on a daily basis, Bills mafia members and listeners. And I mean, you're you're Buffalo through and through, Chris. I mean, this is it. Just feels like that. There's a there's a certain Bill's Mafia in Buffalo, City of Buffalo has a way of not only being, you know, city of good neighbors, but they can sniff out when someone's not genuine in the way that they act or the way that they talk or speak or whatever. And you're not that. <laughs> you are you are genuine through and through and I can just tell from this conversation and it's more evidence to the facts. So I, I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're a busy guy, I know you have a lot of things going on. Um, but this this is this has been a lot of fun. Thank you.
0: Well, you're very kind and listen, I'm I I don't know that I'm all of those things personally, but I do know that the people of Western New York are like that. I often think, try to explain <clears throat> the Midwest, and I say that as a real uh, attaboy. Uh, the Midwest kind of begins in Western New York, um, and, and it's, not really, it's not really the Midwest, I get it, but the attitude of people, you, know, you guys are very loyal, you ask for very little, and, um, and you deliver a lot back i mean it it's it's a two way street but the but the the amount of driving coming back from western New York to their neighbors and and their bills fans or not um, you have to be hearty when you you know have winters like you did last year like you you have to help one another you have no no choice in it there's a kind of a fun in doing it as long as there are some suffering too, but I'm going on and on and on i don't give me credit i i my love affair for the for the western New York really comes from the love that was given back to me, and I'll never forget it so i I also will never lose my love going that direction so maybe we uh maybe this is the year, but I'll tell you what Nate if it's not the year, maybe next year will be the year. How's that
2: <laughs> yeah, I like it I like it
0: well we appreciate you being such a loyal fan and 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 you know charity the, these buffalo heads um. Not
2: too late to, to
0: get one for the season, right? There's your commercial,
2: right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Not too late. You can go to thewaterbuffaloclub com. You can get all of the hats there, and uh, they're selling shirts now, too, so be sure to check that out.
0: Enjoy the season. I think it's going to be fun.
2: Yes, yes, I do, too. I look forward to seeing it, and uh, and I'll look forward to watching you, too. Well, and,
0: and and keep doing the good work that you do. <laughs> I believe in Buffalo. I believe in the Buffalo way. The land of blue cheese and the red pinto. The town run by a mostly benevolent mafia.
1: They come to you in friendship,
0: unless you insult the family. And the family business, ah, it's football. Everyone's working together to ensure this season ends with a
1: celebration in Niagara Square. All they pictured it so many times. The trophy, the parade, the hazy halo of thousands of victory cigars
0: outside City Hall. And they're still confident, even after all the heartbreak, better days are coming. And with this Bills team, why wouldn't they be?
1: It all starts with 17. Josh bursts out of the scene with a whoop Jumps over a man at the. And then 45. he followed up with yet another what? He's unbelievable. Now they're naming streets and towns after him. But I mean that's Buffalo, a town that bleeds blue and red. And good old Josh embodies what it means to be a Buffalo Bill.
3: No He's
1: tougher than a two-dollar steak in Tonawanda.
3: <laughs>
1: and he's got an arm reminiscent of my good friend Jim Kelly. He's everything the city waited for and more. Now he's a superstar, big enough to grace the cover of Madden, and he couldn't do it without Diggs. Buffalo! You know, there's an old saying in Buffalo, 17 plus 14 always equals 6. It's an elite combination that's led to not one, not two, but three straight AFC titles. Diggs dances through defenses like he's got a one-night show at Shays. Oh, I'm him. But the weapons go beyond Diggs. Last year we saw flashes of T.O. But Gabe, he can run for Miles Davis. He could go all the way for a 98-yard TD against Pittsburgh. This year, the offense looks like it could go bananas with the D.K. brothers at tight end. And I can't wait to see the super Freak. Rick James Cook. He could be cold-blooded in year two. Of course, you can't talk about Sean McDermott's Bills without mentioning a defense that's strong enough to plow through seven feet of snow. Speaking of seven, it's the 7th straight season of Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, appearing better than flaps and Drums. Try and you've got the homegrown All-Pros, Matt Milano and Trey White, anchoring the defense like the USS Sullivan. But it's the future Hall of Famer, Vaughn Miller, who's returning with some unfinished business to prove He's still the difference-maker he was when he raised the Lombardi Trophy twice. And at the end of the day, that's the goal, right? All you got to do is believe. And this city believes like no other. Which is why I believe in Buffalo. And no one, I mean no one, deserves a championship like the Buffalo Bills.
2: Thank you again to Chris Berman for coming on and talking bills with us. This was truly, truly an honor to have him on. I want to thank Therese from the Water Buffalo Club 716.com where you can check out all the hats that they have. They have some Zubas hats coming out very soon as well. Be sure to check out our preview podcast coming out very soon for the Bill's Jets game. Be sure to check out our post game podcasts that we do after every single game. Once again, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago, at the Delago Resort and Casino in Waterloo, New York, where every moment is a winning moment. So for me, Nate, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go, Bills.
1: Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, Nate.
0: Well, listen, the whole show is called Circling the Wagons. Say no more. I love it.